From Upstate Medical University, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. A variety of medications are available for use in treating depression, anxiety, and other mental health disorders. Do drugs work on their own, or do they work better when paired with psychotherapy or talk therapy? Psychologist Roger Greenberg is here to discuss this. He is a distinguished professor and head of the psychology division in the Department of Psychiatry and Behavioral Sciences at Upstate. Welcome, Dr. Greenberg. Glad to be here, Amber. Thanks for being here. Well, first, I want to ask you about your very first psychology-related experiment back in elementary school involving ants and whether they could learn to navigate a maze you created using dominoes. Oh, you, I, did, think, I think you read my biography. I did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was way back when. Uh, we got interested in the question of could an ant learn to navigate uh, a maze? And so we built this maze out of dominoes, and uh, we discovered that ants can climb over dominoes. It was a major breakthrough. <laughs> okay. Well, that um, did that tell you, though, at an early age that this is, uh, science was something you wanted to get to get into or psychology or? I've always been interested in people and the the issue of the fact that talking somehow is helpful to people in dealing with their emotional problems and can undo emotional negative states like depression or anxiety. And uh, I've been involved in that for several decades and written many things about it and uh, have a active practice where uh, I get to see this in action every day. So tell me what sparked your interest in comparing the results of um, drug therapy and psychotherapy for problems like depression and anxiety. Well, it, it sort of started uh, way back when, when I did my dissertation was uh, on talk therapy and the issue of expectations and how did that influence uh, talk therapy. But from that move to uh, a series of projects I did with a colleague, Seymour Fisher, here at Upstate on the uh, scientific credibility of Freud's theories in therapy. And we wrote a couple of books on this. And in the process of doing the books, uh, we became interested in how good are the results for the major drugs that are used for depression and anxiety. We had been looking at all of the uh, talk therapies and how good were they. And now the issue became uh, are drugs as good or better, or are they not as good or better? And we began looking at all the research literature on medications and antidepressants and found some very interesting things. So what did you learn about antidepressants that was surprising? One of the things that seemed most surprising was that the difference between antidepressants and uh, placebos was not all that great in the studies. Uh, and yet the, all of the advertisements in the literature seemed to suggest that this was a a tremendous breakthrough, uh, and, and that, uh, that surprised us in that the scientific literature didn't look nearly as strong as the advertising literature looked. Interesting. Huh. Wow. Well, uh, you had a paper published in the American Psychological Association Journal of Psychotherapy in which you explain that people seeking help for mental disorders are almost twice as likely to refuse or not complete the recommended treatment if it involves only the medication. Um, did this Was this surprising to you as well? Uh, y yes, it was to some degree, but it was surprising how strong the difference was. We had seen some studies in the past which suggested that people preferred to talk about their problems rather than medicate themselves uh, for their problems. And the difference turned out to be uh, quite strong when we looked at actually thousands of patients in terms of their preferences and that they would prefer to talk about their problems rather than uh, be medicated for their problems. Why, why do you think people prefer that? Because sometimes you think about people just, you know, seeking a quick fix, a pill that's going to take care of things. So why would you say 
people prefer talk therapy? Well, one of the things we discovered as we looked through the literature was that the drugs had two basic disadvantages. Uh, one, they produce side effects, oh. which the uh, talk therapy obviously does not. At the same time, we also discovered that uh, people taking uh, drugs are not learning ways to deal with their problems. Uh, and talk therapy does produce ways to deal with problems. And one of the outgrowths of that is the relapse rates are much higher if you're on an antidepressant uh, than if you're on uh, talk therapy and the, the therapy ends. If the therapy ends with talking, the relapse rate is relatively low. If it ends with you stop taking your drugs, the relapse rate is relatively high. And then you probably feel like you can't succeed without your drug. Yes. Whether that's true or not. but y Yes. I mean, the drug becomes something that you become uh, dependent on, not necessarily physiologically, but emotionally dependent on, and that's, uh, that is an issue. Well, I would also think that there's something about having a relationship with a therapist, too, and feeling like there's someone who does care does that come into it as it well? It comes into it very strongly, and there's been a lot of research uh, evidence on that fact at this point. Surprisingly, uh, the relationship you have with your caregiver is an important element in, in how well you will do with either talk therapy or drug therapy. Uh, and the fact is that most people who are getting the drugs uh, do not develop much of a relationship with the caregiver, that they may only meet with somebody 15 minutes every month or two, uh, and that does not promote the kind of uh, solutions to the problems that they're dealing with that coming in and seeing a talk therapist uh, would promote. Okay, well, I've got some more questions, but let me remind listeners that this is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with psychologist Roger Greenberg about the use of medications and or talk therapy to treat a variety of mental health disorders. Um, so let me ask you this. Depression, I've heard it said, is a chemical imbalance. It comes about because of a chemical imbalance in the brain. So wouldn't you need some other chemical to counter that? Or uh, That has been the way it's been presented in advertisements uh, mainly, that there's some kind of chemical imbalance and that if you take new chemicals, you can undo the imbalance. Uh, none of the research has supported that idea. So that's not necessarily true. It's not necessarily true. It seems that uh, this is something that has been very successful in advertisements. And advertising has been a big uh, help to the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, it's, it's quite interesting that the rate of taking uh, antidepressants, for example, remained at about the same level up uh, to the uh, 1960s uh, and to 1980. But after 1980, and over the next 20 years, there was a tremendous upsurge in the taking of drugs, about 300%. And two basic things seemed to happen in the 1980s that, uh, that made a difference. There was a new class of drugs that hit the market, uh, drugs like Prozac, Paxil, mm. Zoloft. And these were introduced by the media as miracle drugs. And there were many uh, magazines that had on their covers miracle drugs. But it there was a second thing that happened that was also very telling. Uh, and that was the United States passed a law allowing direct-to-consumer advertising of mm -hmm. drugs. Uh, this surprised me when I read it, but it made sense. Uh, there are only two countries in the world that allow direct 
direct-to-consumer advertising of prescription drugs, the United States and New Zealand. And once drugs became, became advertised on TV and radio, there was a tremendous upsurge in the use of drugs. And uh, that, that's made a, a big difference. And by the year 2010, about one out of every four women in the United States was taking antidepressants. And 15% of the men were taking antidepressants. And we had become a nation committed to uh, better living through chemistry. And uh, Lily Tomlin, the comedian, an observer of the human condition has stated, tongue in cheek, reality is just a crutch for people who can't cope oh, with wow. drugs, which yeah. I, I thought sort of captured it in a humorous way. Well, it's true. You turn on television and you can't watch anything without seeing a commercial for some medication. Uh, that, that's know, true. Help you sleep better. Help, I mean, oh. And it gives you the sense that medications are the way to go with just about any problem you might experience. And of course, uh, all of the uh, uh, new data is beginning to show we've got a tremendous problem now to people taking opioids and other medications right. at, a, at a tremendous rate right. rather than trying to uh, learn about how, to, how do you deal with the emotional problems and the traumas and conflicts that all of us experience. Well, now, are there some mental disorders that do require medication, though? Just Well, the, uh, obviously, the, the more serious mental disorders are talked about most frequently, uh, schizophrenia and bipolar disorders. As, more serious, uh, but probably more rare, too. Uh, yes, yeah. Depression is obviously the, probably the diagnosis uh, and, and anxiety that most people are familiar with. But some of these others uh, do have medications uh, associated with them, and they are helpful. Uh, however, it's also been shown uh, in many of the more recent studies that adding psychotherapy and talking with somebody about some of the issues you're experiencing may well reveal some of the things that underlie the symptoms and why you develop these symptoms as a way to cope with difficult to impossible life situations. So maybe by uncovering that, you can kind of fix the underlying issues rather than well, just treating... Well, you make people aware of it, and some people are terrified of, uh, of what lies beneath the symptoms and develop ways to cope with difficult childhoods, for example, and trauma that they may have experienced growing up, and develop symptoms that sort of take them away from the realities that they're living in and find it difficult when they uh, grow to an older age where they are more independent but still are very fearful about what, uh, what may lie beneath the symptoms and uh, hesitant to talk about it or even think about it. That makes me wonder if we have a, a new generation of psychologists who are coming up who are able to do psychotherapy with patients. Are they still being taught this, or are they being taught to have, refer them to someone who can prescribe? Uh, no, psychologists, that's a very much part of clinical psychology in terms of the training programs and the program we have here at Upstate, which uh, brings in several uh, interns each year who are in their fifth year of graduate training right before they are getting their doctoral degree and working with patients. Interestingly, also within the last uh, five to seven years, psychiatrists have become more uh, involved with the issue of psychotherapy. Interesting. And we do teach psychotherapy here at Upstate to our uh, residents in psychiatry as well as the psychology interns. And uh, it's been very successful. And the program has attracted a lot of uh, applicants from across the country who uh, come here because they've heard that this is a place where they can learn about they psychotherapy. They can learn the strong. Okay. Yes. Well, um, you've concluded that talking and interactions with a psychotherapist are important for recovery, for like a long-term 
recovery. Why why is that? Have you looked in depth at the reasons? Uh, yeah, we've looked at follow-up studies and looked at things like relapse rates and uh, discovered that uh, those who are... Uh, getting talk therapy and are talking things out and are learning new ways to cope with the, the problems and conflicts that they're feeling, uh, they're more likely to be able to go on with lower relapse rates. Uh, interestingly, there was a, a, psychi a psychologist in, um, at Michigan State some years ago, Bert Karen, who did a series of studies looking at the impact of doing a certain kind of psychotherapy with schizophrenic patients and discovered that it was very helpful uh, and he tried to get the hospitals in uh, Michigan to uh, hold on to their patients a little bit longer as inpatients to allow this therapy to proceed and demonstrated that it would make it much less likely that they would come back to the hospital if they got the psychotherapy. The hospitals didn't want to do that. Uh, they preferred to have the people coming and going in the revolving door. Uh, huh. Insurance companies don't like people staying at hospitals. Right. Uh, even though it might make it less likely that they'll come back later on. Wow. So giving people tools that they can use lifelong for the rest of their life to prevent relapse. That, that's the idea. Uh, although we, we don't indicate, you know, that psychotherapy cures you of all future problems. Right. But it does provide you with ways of thinking about problems and gives you tools in order to uh, deal with whatever comes your way emotionally. Neat. Well, thank you. Let me remind listeners that you are psychologist Roger Greenberg, a distinguished teaching professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at Upstate Medical University. I'm Amber Smith, and this has been Upstate's HealthLink on Air.